Last week on Chain in the Valley, we sat down with one of Piernova's product managers, Marat Akdeniz, to discuss the hype around Hyperledger and his experience at their annual member summit last month. If you missed that episode, again, why are you skipping episodes? You are listening to Peer Nova's Chain in the Valley, where we discuss all things blockchain and DLT over our morning coffee. Here are your hosts, Sonia and Navid. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode. This must be episode like 100 or so, right? Season two. <laughs> it's not season two. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm refusing to go to season two until next March. So how are you, Sonia? I'm good. How are you? Good. Q4 is upon us. Lots going on. Lots going on. We have a major announcement coming up this month. Are you retiring? No. <laughs> nice try, though. Nice try. <laughs> but no, we have a major announcement coming up later this month. So as they say in the biz... Stay days. tuned. <laughs> and then also we're heading to Cybos at the, uh, well, middle of the month, really. And uh, we have a lot going on there. And we'll talk about that, I think, next week as well. But awesome. tell us who we have today. So this week we have Raghu Rao here with us. He is the VP of Business Development for Piernova. So welcome, Raghu, and thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you, Sonia Navid. Happy to be here. So to kick it all off, uh, we usually have our guests tell our listeners a little bit about themselves and their experience. Uh, specifically, we would love to know what brought you into the industry as well. Sure. So um, don't want to date myself too much, but <laughs> this is my 26th year in the Valley working for various technology companies. Um, uh, been at three different startups. I've been uh, flirting between big and small companies uh, all this while, and uh, my third uh, technology startup, and it's been uh, a great four years here, uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about it as we go along. We've been wanting to have you on the show for some time, but uh, obviously you've been very, very busy, um, so we want to kind of talk about that stuff a little bit today. So since you have been in the industry for quite some time, we're wondering if you would talk about the changes that you've noticed, specifically blockchain in the financial industry. So I'll talk a little bit about the journey we've been on at Piernova. So for the last four years, Gangesh, uh, who's our CEO, who's been on the podcast yeah, in the last uh, few episodes, or not yet? No comment. Okay. <laughs> coming so, soon. Gangesh, coming soon. if you're listening, just remember, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so we've spent you know, better part of four years now, um, you know, in New York, in London, Zurich, Singapore, uh, visiting major financial institutions and uh, talking to them about, you know, our platform, what their requirements are, and, you know, trying to find, you know, those common areas where we can focus on, where we can, uh, you know, uh, work on in terms of use cases and so on and so forth, you know, developing business uh, with these financial institutions. And uh, it's been a great uh, ride for us. You know, we've uh, gotten a lot of insight, a lot of feedback. We've seen how banks have thought about blockchain and how, you know, things have evolved uh, over the four years. And, uh, and so I'll talk a little bit more about, you know, some of these uh, challenges that the financial institutions have been uh, talking to us about and, uh, you know, what uh, that has brought us to in terms of our product and, uh, and where we are with it. 
So I want to go back a little bit to uh, 2015. I think all three of us have been uh, here since then, and obviously lots has changed, right? And sure. not only just the industry, Pier Nova itself has grown. Um, I think it's fair to say that there's a certain hype cycle, if you will, that we went through, and now it looks like blockchain and has been replaced with DLT. I wonder if we can talk a little bit more about um, what has taught us, right? You know, that riding along with these terms and, you know, we, we realized this a long time ago, by the way, that we should be talking about the problems we solve versus the blockchain aspect of what we do, right? But then blockchain has always been part of our DNA. And I think, you know, you can certainly talk about this some more. That was how we would get through the door initially. People would know that we're doing something with blockchain. And so, you know, the early days. But um, tell us a little bit more about that. How, how, do we, how do we get here? Sure. So let's go back to 2015, right? Blockchain um, hype cycle at its peak, if you will. I mean, uh, sort of post-Bitcoin, post all of the, uh, you know, the big blockchain conferences. Um, and, uh, you know, it, certainly you could say that, you know, the hype was at its peak there. Most of the large banks that we were talking to had innovation teams you know, um, well-staffed that were curious about blockchain and what it meant to them. Um, a lot of it at that point could have been defensive. You know, there was a lot of talk about eliminating intermediaries and, you know, uh, blockchain will, you know, cure uh, world poverty and uh, eliminate, you know, everything that's in the middle and make, uh, you know, everybody happy. You know, there's a utopian notion that blockchain was going to solve all problems. Uh, I think, you know, that's kind of where it was. And, you know, that said, uh, having blockchain, uh, you know, platform and talking about blockchain helped us get in the door with a lot of these large FIs. And, uh, and you know, we've had some lots of discussions with them since then. The, I think the, uh, it's evolved quite a bit. The, uh, the industry has evolved quite a bit. The expectations that banks have for uh, blockchain and, uh, and the platforms that could uh, apply for them, that could apply you know, for their advantage. Uh, I think it, there's been quite a bit of an evolution in the last four years. Uh, there's been a certain maturity in terms of how the industry and how we think about a blockchain and how you know, financial institutions are thinking about it. Um, and, uh, you know, we've taken all of those learnings from, you know, the, from the four years and from the hundreds of meetings that we've had. Uh, Maybe thousands. With, uh, <laughs> probably thousands of meetings that we've had. That's right. And, and, you know, use that to, you know, to shape, uh, you know, the Cuneiform platform and, uh, and, and what it means to uh, the financial institutions and, uh, and, and solve some of the critical problems that they're facing. So I think... You know, going back to what you said, it it appeared as though blockchain um, was the best next thing since sliced bread, right? right? That's what everybody thought initially. And as time passed, we all realized that, first of all, blockchain is not a one-fit-all type solution, right? It, it only, as I usually say, it only solves a certain type of trust problem. And, you know, removal intermediaries and all the other stuff. But... I want to talk a little bit about the common problems that exist today in these lar large financial institutions um, and why we think, and this is key, we think blockchain type application can solve these problems. Now, 
Does that mean that that's the only way to solve them? No, we're not saying anything about that. We're just simply saying what we found is that this is a great way to solve that kind of a problem. Tell us a little bit about these common challenges, right? Sure. So the, um, you know, if you look back at, you know, the the, the hype cycle and, and where we are today, uh, I think most financial institutions are fairly comfortable with the notion that there's elements of blockchain that could be useful for them. Uh, so I think the focus now is on what enterprise uh, software or platforms uh, could be created that could help uh, these uh, financial institutions solve specific problems. One of the things that all enterprises, if you will, and not just financial institutions have is that you know they have data that exists in multiple uh, silos in uh, front office, middle office, back office, in the case of a large financial institution, that uh, you know that as a as a trade or a transaction flows through the bank, you know these are multiple systems and applications that enrich the data, that change the data, that transform the data, and when you have these siloed uh, you know databases and applications that uh, financial institutions have, uh, what is missing is sort of this uh, front to back flow of an event where you can see data morphing from the front office all the way to the book of records, if you will, from when a trade is booked to when it goes into a, a book of records. And, uh, and I think with uh, the cuneiform and event lineage platform that Piernova provides, you know, you can, you can stitch this data as it goes through a, a transaction or, uh, or an event as it goes through the, the front to the back office and be able to have visibility and transparency. And, and that's something that we're seeing is, uh, uh, you know, uh, receptive to a lot of the financial institutions and clients that we're talking to. Um, so at the high level, if you pull back a little bit, what we are looking at is sort of data, uh, data visibility, data quality, uh, data transparency uh, is one of the issues that these financial institutions are facing, and uh, we're attempting to solve that. And uh, and it's been uh, you know it's been a journey for us as we talk to the various financial institutions. They've told us very specific problems that they are seeing within their specific institution, and so we've we've been able to use that to sort of build our platform and be able to uh, address some of these. I think there are two key things to mention here. Number one, that these financial institutions are so large that the use cases aren't necessarily um, the same. And so uh, I think what we've learned is that um, you have to carry on a dialogue for some time in order to really understand what that particular financial institution has issues with when it comes to data or process integrity and so on and so forth. And I think it's also important to note that um, there is a certain inherent uh, capability within blockchain that brings an element of trust. And therefore, if you have this vision of implementing these types of use cases, then it also sets organizations up strategically, right? So that as I talk about this on the show quite often about you know, benefits of AI and all the other stuff. That's just one example of this, that not only are we solving a critical problem that, believe it or not, in 2019 still exists around data, but also we think that there's a strategic value there that sets people up for the future. So I'm curious. Um, it seems like it's such a necessary 
critical solution for these large institutions. So what do you think the biggest kind of hesitation or impediment is for them not fully adopting it as quickly as we would like? So banks today and the financial system uh, as a whole, you know, globally works well, right? There's trillions of dollars of uh, transactions and, you know, trade that's happening today. So that, uh, uh, you know, there's technology that exists today. Uh, What I think we are, uh, and what financial institutions recognize and that what we're trying to bring to them is the fact that they're, uh, you know, using our platform or using technology similar to uh, to this uh, can can make them more efficient, can unlock capital buffers that are locked for, uh, you know, various reasons. Um, and and so there, there are certain advantages that we can bring to these financial institutions that, you know, could increase their top line or bottom line. So I believe that's where the focus has been. There's, if you talk to a, lo- a lot of these large financial institutions, there's a number of change the bank initiatives. There's a focus on data, uh, data as the key element going forward. Um, and so you have, uh, you know, uh, data organizations being formed with a CDO, with somebody that is a steward for data within the bank at the highest level reporting to the uh, the CEO, if you will. So there, there's a number of initiatives around data that are coalescing at these uh, financial institutions. And uh, and so I think we are, you know, at the right point in, in history, if you will, uh, in working with these institutions where uh, with the focus on data and with our ability to put together a data platform that has the right elements of big data, uh, the blockchain pieces with respect to data integrity, mutability, uh, zero-knowledge proofs, uh, you know, redaction, other techniques that we have brought to bear. Um, I think this is, uh, we are at the right intersection of uh, technology and the requirements and the needs from financial institutions to, to solve some of these problems. And I think it's also important that we talk a little bit about our approach. Um, We usually talk about fixing things one workflow at a time. And that may seem small. It may seem like a small amount of effort in a large organization. The truth is these workflows can have many, many systems and applications involved, many LEIs, many things. And so it's not just, it's not like you're just fixing something small. They sort of span across, um, like I said, many different departments, maybe LEIs and so on and so forth. One thing we talk about a lot is that um, if you want to really sort of go about this digitization that we talk about, then it's, then again, our theory is that if you build these things inside out, um, then you would arrive at that, you know, ROI much, much quicker. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that and why is it so important to think about fixing friction internally first before you even think about wanting to engage or be a party to an external DLT? Yeah, so the peak of the hype cycle with blockchain, the there was a notion that you could, uh, you know, the trade is a settlement, uh, T0, everything will happen instantaneously, you don't need middlemen, uh, you don't need intermediaries, and you could eliminate, you know, middle office and back office, and, you know, everything would be great. Um, and I think we are past that. Uh, you know, changes come, uh, you know, in an evolutionary pattern rather than revolutionary pattern in mature industries. And financial industry is one of those where I think it will come gradually. What uh, what 
our approach has been and our philosophy has been that you know these things uh, will take time, uh, and our approach, as Navid, as you mentioned, is one workflow at a time, one application at a time. Uh, the reality is most large financial institutions have thousands of applications across the bank. Um, you know, um, a few thousand, six thousand, is it ten thousand? It's possible that you know there's that many applications at a bank. So it's. Uh, the notion that you could change all of this overnight, um, you know, is uh, you know is is not feasible. Um, the approach we have taken is that if you uh, use this platform and take one use case, one application, one system at a time, and and build uh, towards an enterprise-wide model, you know, that's sort of uh, what would make most sense. And 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 so that's the approach that uh, you know that we have taken is that it. Uh, the change comes in uh, smaller elements or pieces, if you will, and and uh, you know one workflow, as you mentioned, is is uh, one system, one application, one workflow is is how you know we expect this to evolve. I think uh, we we like you said we saw this a few years back that it was a little bit of a FOMO effect, if you will, that banks thought they have to do something with blockchain or else you know what would happen, right? And thank God we're kind of past that now. People that are uh, banks or financial institutions in general that are uh, doing something with blockchain either have a very specific purpose now or they're beyond that initial um, sort of experimental phase, right? Um, I wonder, do you see the fact that these financial institutions are typically global? Do you see that as part of the problem or the solution, meaning that if you have to work across uh, geographical or regulatory boundaries, right, to, as we said, for one of these workflows to try to sort of um, uh, quilt, if you will, all of this into one simplified, unified workflow, do you find that um, a problem, meaning that you'd have to get many different people in, in global uh, in a global setting to kind of come to the an agreement of sorts in order for this to happen? Or do you think that the fact that they're all, all over the place, literally, um, is actually something that pushes them to want to go down that this direction? Yeah, and I, I, I see this as a challenge, but also as an opportunity for us. You know, we have unique technology in terms of uh, redaction and zero-knowledge proof that helps us uh, with uh, enabling financial institutions to share data across boundaries, um, you know, for lots of reasons, compliance uh, and, you know, legal reasons that banks cannot share data across, you know, across the international boundaries. But, you know, we have technology that would help solve that, and and I think that's been uh, received very well by the financial institutions. That said, you know the the reality for us is that the large uh, you know FIs that we work with are global banks. They exist in you know tens of countries, if not more, and uh, and you know and also their the front, middle, back offices are spread you know around the globe. Uh, just as you know um, you know in terms of uh, people that can support these technologies and and where they normally reside, uh, you know that tends to be global. Um, and so we've had to work with that, uh, uh, you know, for a, a small uh, a startup such as ours, you know, uh, that could be a challenge. But, you know, we're trying to address that uh, through, uh, you know, growing globally. You know, we have offices now in New York and London, and we plan to 
uh, get bigger in those locations as well as expand to you know Zurich, Singapore, and other locations uh, going forward uh, to address you know customer and client uh, requirements. And we know that uh, these uh, interactions can take a long time. And we know that uh, we are not building a product that we think will one day be useful for a financial institution. We're really working with them to build what's needed and pertinent today. Um, and I think it's, it's fair to say that um, what we've been able to accomplish in the last few years uh, particularly with uh, business development and generally, like you said, thousands of meetings, um, is that we've learned a lot and we've been able to sort of incorporate a lot of this into our Kineoform platform. And it just, to me, that is so important that we're not just building some, like you said, some utopic sort of solution that we hope will be useful. No, this is... I think it's fair to say that we've learned that this is far more complicated, far more time-consuming, and a far longer play, if you will, in order to bring it to full fruition. I think that's a wrap. What do you think? I think this was great, Agu. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure working with you in the last few years. Uh, one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Uh, you're always on the road. <laughs> so I don't know how you do it, but... Uh, um, I think it's uh, it's really exciting for us. I think we've we've grown a lot. Your team has grown a lot in the last 12, 18 months. And uh, I can't wait to see the next phase of all of this. But uh, thank you so much for making time to sit down with us today. Thanks. So as always, thank you to our amazing guests. And thank you to our listeners for listening to Chain in the Valley, where we discuss all things blockchain and DLT. Find us, love us, and rate us on Spotify, Google Music, Stitcher, iTunes, also now YouTube, and chaininthevalley.com. Until next time, everyone have a great week. And that's the way the blockchain crumbles. No, no. Did we not? Uh, okay, all right.